Do we know what we're talking about? <laughs> Season three. Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. This and this <laughs> is Pod Have Mercy. That's right. Well, today on Pod Have Mercy um, is a real treat for me because I won and. Uh, we're able to talk to Donna Watkins, who is a personal friend, but also has a deep impact into in the community of Spring Branch and really of Houston with uh, her work in communities and schools, which is a, a great partner uh, to Chapelwood. And um, Donna, you and I have known each other for a couple <laughs> years. <laughs> long, long time. And watching what you do um, in the school systems um, and and uh, the way that that impacts uh, not only Chapelwood, but the students that you're working with. Uh, I wanted to talk to you some about that today and just uh, spend some time with you. So, yeah. Thank you yeah. for inviting me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking me. Of course. It's so fun to be with you. Well, it's great. It's great to have you here. Um, so your work with communities and schools, tell us one, um, what's, what um, maybe your title or what, what role you occupy there, and then what is the role of communities and schools? And I'd like to know just you awesome. know, how you got into that, too. Great. We... Well, this September, I will celebrate my 20th anniversary with Communities and Schools, wow. which is, like, amazing. Wow. And most people know us as CIS. Mm-hmm. So um, I started with CIS. I'm a clinical social worker, and pretty much after grad school, I started in uh, what was then Davis High School, now Northside High School, yeah. and was there as a part of the Communities and Schools program for five years. And then Texas Education Agency asked CIS to go into Sharpstown High School mm-hmm. with um, difficult uh, dropout rate of ninth graders they had. So I started a team there and was at Sharpstown for four years. Wow. So the beauty of CIS in my mind and the way we can say it works is because we are um, a counselor or a social worker um, or a do-gooder on the (laughs) campus full-time the whole year. You're going to have the same person. Now, sometimes if money allows, we have two people. I had four people at Davis um, when I was there. But you have those folks, and we have our own office. It's a marketing nightmare because people think you are a part of the fabric of the school. Mm -hmm. But that's why it works. And so because, you know, Donna's there every day that the kids are there and they you, they get to know me and mm-hmm. know where you are and so when students have a problem no matter what issue happens mm-hmm. they know where to come That's and nice. I'm going to be there in February and I'm going to be there in May and I'm going to keep up with them and in fact I talked with one of my students from Sharpstown last week and that was 11 years ago or 12 wow. years ago. So, wow. you know, you keep up with these folks right, that right. you get to know. Are you in, are you, is uh, CIS primarily in like underserved um, school districts or schools or how yes. does that, okay. Right. Our model began as pre-K through 12th grade. Okay. And we are now in six school districts in greater Houston. And last year we served 169 schools. <laughs> and we started about, oh, might be eight years ago now, going into community colleges. Okay. And we actually started HCC Spring Branch. And then uh, Lone Star heard about us. And now we're in 15 Lone Stars. Wow. 
and we didn't know if that model was going to work. Yeah. They're not there full time. Right. And but it works beautifully. So do students get um, referred to you from teachers or from administrators? And so do you see students um, one on one? Do you see them in groups? How does that work? In, in All of the above. Okay. So we a day looks like you start your day with what teachers have recommended. I'm worried about Johnny. You know, his grades were great. They've dropped or, you know. Suzanne is, you know, missing school. I'm mm. worried about her, yeah. you know. And so we work with those referrals. Referrals can come from the administration. They can come from parents. Mm -hmm. They eventually come from each other. Right. They bring their um, friends in and right. say, talk to Donna. Okay. You know, but the, um, we do individual counseling and mm. um, supportive guidance. And then we do um, support groups. Okay. I mean, anger management, girls empowerment, grief and loss, all kinds of grief groups wow. and um, uh, any kind of group. Like when I went to Davis High School, the issues were drug related mm -hmm. um, and depression. There was so much depression. Mm. I rode in an ambulance with so many kids every year who had tried to kill themselves. Mm. And so depression and drugs were primary um, issues on Davis's campus. When I moved to Sharpstown, they weren't a bit depressed because <laughs> they were into gangs and guns. They had a family. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't the right one. Right, right. And so we worked with uh, anti, um, the mayor's anti-gang yeah, office yep. and worked with uh, lots of folks. To, I did a, two grief and loss groups every mm -hmm. week because so many dads and uncles and brothers and students were dying yeah. in these gangs. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it just depends on what the need is for that campus. And I think, again, that's the beauty of CIS. We look at what are your needs? We talk to the principal. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing? Yeah. What are your needs? How can we fit that? And I love that the fact that it's also embedded into the school in that I, I, you, you and I have talked a lot about Sharpstown. One uh, iconoclast has been there for a number of years. But you, you get embedded into a school and you get to know the students over time. Right. And because you're in a different relationship than an administrator or a teacher, right. there there is a, a little more access sometimes that the kids will give you. Absolutely. Right? And the trust. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, and I'm not going to discipline someone. That's not my job, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. so sometimes an administrator will come and say, okay, they've been tardy five days, you know administer this punishment or tell them they yeah, can't yeah. do this. And I'm like, no, nope, that's, that's your yeah. job. <laughs> you know, I'm their, I'm their guide. I'm their buddy. I'm, I want them to be able to depend yeah. on me and trust yeah. me. And yeah. they're not going to come to me and say, I have a problem with drugs. If they think I can suspend them for being right. Drugs. That's right. Or put them in a juvenile and detention that's an center. Important or, distinction. Right. Right. But we work very closely with the school staff and the administration and in Spring Branch. Oh, my gosh. We have such yeah. a, a family relationship yeah. yes. with them. Yeah. And uh, they tell us what schools to go into. In mm. um, HISD, it's different. Each principal decides. Decides, yeah. So it varies district yeah. to district. But I was um, really interested a couple weeks ago after I had uh, preached about a uh, and told a story about a kid named Lejean de Silver, right. and uh, who was in the iconoclast program. And you sent me an email after that, fussing um, at you, yeah, fussing <laughs> at me because <laughs> I didn't know the whole story. You know, and it's really interesting. Right. People have asked me about uh, Lejean. Mm -hmm. You know, and people followed up with emails saying, "What?" You know, um, and I was so both excited to get. Uh, 
appreciate your email and really bummed that I wasn't able to talk about it and didn't talk about it uh, in the Sunday service. But Lejean was one of uh, the CIS students as well. Yes. And really the person that um, anchored him and walked him out of that was a CIS counselor. That's right. Um, and so Lejean was with yeah. the CIS originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Lejean's like, connection mm-hmm. um, and really his walk out of being uh, homeless and into a stable life was really through um, um, the work of, of communities and schools. Exactly. And, you know, and that's the beauty of, like I started to say earlier, being there on the campus full time, the same mm-hmm. person, you get to know Matt because he's there mm-hmm. all the time and you can depend on him. Mm-hmm. And your friends are telling you, you know, he's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, he keeps things confidential and he'll help. Yeah. And so when we find that someone's homeless mm-hmm. and CIS works with over 300 partners in the community. Okay. And that's how we can do what we do. I mean, if I can't fix it, I can find somebody who can. Right. If I can't help this person, I, you know, we're going to find some help for you before you leave today. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's the beauty of all these fabulous partners we have yeah. in Houston. Yeah, that we can amazing. do that. And I love the fact that y'all locate yourselves in really, um, uh, really difficult situations. Because I think about m- my own upbringing and even my kids' upbringing now is that, you know, they're just we're surrounded by uh, a ton of resources. Right? right. If if I was ever depressed in high school, I mean, there was a bank of counselors I could go to. Right. You know, or teachers that would have uh, sent me to the right. Easy folk, access. Right? Yeah. Um, but in in some of these schools, there's just not funding to provide um, That's you right. know, a counselor or there's not resources because they're just trying to keep things on the rails to get folks to learn math and, and, and English for the testing that has to happen. Right. 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 And so these kids are freighted with a whole set of circumstances. Well, primarily we are in underserved, Mm -hmm. marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. Um, We um, are funded in part by the school districts and principals themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they're in they're they've bought into it and literally and they really it helps them to get really involved and really know who we are. And we have um, kids that come to us from all walks of life. And that is the beauty of our program. It didn't matter if my my kids had different issues at Davis and at Sharpstown, but they were the same great kids. They just needed somebody to care and somebody to lend Mm -hmm. them a helping hand. But um, some we're in two schools, Matt, that are not Title I schools. Title I is how most of these um, districts pay for our services. And Title I indicates that 40% of their school population is living in poverty. And But we have two schools that are not in that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, they ask us to come in for mental health reasons. Wow. Be, so th- they were having mental health difficulties and s- with their kids. Mm-hmm. And so they ask us to come in with mental health folks. That's to fantastic. Serve. When I, when I, when we think about kind of coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, whatever, the, whatever that looks like, I don't, hopefully you know, we are, that is, right? <laughs> right. You know, as we kind of enter back into a, I don't know what wave this is, but as we anticipate coming into the fall next month and coming back to school, um, um, I just think about all the kids that have, um, either, um, just the gap of learning the, the, the experiences that they've had, 
um, this last year of being absolutely isolated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because many times, and Joseph Clam and I talked about this um, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, that often school systems are the biggest um, agencies of reporting abuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the places where a lot of the kids eat the mm-hmm. most nutritious meal that they will get. Right. Right. They, are, they provide a structure um, for kind of pro-social behavior. Yes. Um, and that's been kind of... Um, absent for the most part for some of these kids for the last year. A and lot half. of these kids, yes. And so, what what are some of the things that you're anticipating as kids come back that they're going to um, be experiencing? And then also, what will they need? Um, and what what can we do possibly as a community of faith or uh, to to be a part of the solution? Mm-hmm. We are about to put out as part of our back to school marketing effort. Um, recovery and re-engagement and Mm. these kids CIS took spring break of 20 so March of 20 when the pandemic hit to you know restructure we were in a perfect position to do that because we've helped with hurricanes and Mm. you know helped on the front lines of disasters many times Mm. before so we were in a good position to do that and we made sure everybody had laptops we worked with uh, CompuDot and got kids five, five thousand kids uh, laptops so they could learn from home. But um, whether you're doing a hybrid model or whether they're going to go back to school full time, we don't know mm-hmm. yet. So I think some districts just are still struggling with that. But I think what's important is to realize we don't have a clue what these kids have been through, what these mm-hmm. students have been through, right. no matter if they're elementary or or high school. Okay. And they, their moms have lost their jobs, mm-hmm. and they're, um, they haven't eaten. They, some of them are homeless. And it's been a real struggle. These kids who come to school, like Lejean, they're homeless, literally homeless, but they love coming to school oh. because they have two meals, two good meals, yeah. like you said. And they've got structure, and they've got people who care, and yeah. they have a social network yes. right there. Yeah. Well, all these kids have missed that, and their home lives have probably not been even what they were beforehand, mm. which yeah. was really tough in some instances yeah. already. Yeah. So now it's been way tougher. And there's been so much death. So many grandparents have died that are living in the homes with these mm. students. And moms and dads have died mm. and because of COVID. And so these kids are going to be, you know, trying to re-engage in into school, they're going to be excited to see their friends. Mm-hmm. They're going to be excited to eat, but they're fearful mm-hmm. that many students have heard COVID virus, virus, you know, yeah. and they don't even know what that means. I mean, that to them is very scary mm-hmm. and they're not convinced it's over. So they're fearful to come. Parents are fearful to send them. And I think that helping these students to see what they've been through to do a lot of support and gui- supportive guidance and counseling, mm-hmm. one-on-one and in groups. What was it like for y'all? You know, what can we help you with now? What are you still missing? Mm-hmm. Do you have enough food? Mm-hmm. You know, do, do y'all have a place to live? Were you evicted? Mm-hmm. Um, and then to re-engage in learning, to make that flip yeah, right. <laughs> from survival right. to, oh yeah, there's algebra homework. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, wow, right? right? And so... But CIS is there every day to help with this, 
you know, and mm-hmm. we, re- we recognize that these kids, we don't know where these kids have been when they walk into school. Yeah. And so it's, you know, our privilege yeah. and honor that we get to really work with them and help figure it out. Yeah. So if somebody's listening to this today and, and are struck with um, a person like LaJonda Silver's story or um, have a, 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 a burden on their heart to say, I want to I want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are our kids, too. Right. 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 Um, they are. And um, um, what what can we do to help? <laughs> well, we'd love for you to volunteer when the time is right. OK. We have had so many good, good people call us and say, I've got to do something. Mm. You know, mm. I have electricity. Right. I have a place to live. I have clothes on my back and plenty of food to eat. What can I do? Where can I go? Mm. And um, the school districts cannot allow the public into their school. They're yeah. trying to protect the students sure. right now. We are very fortunate that we are allowed back on campus. So we've been there this past year. And we've worked with students on Zoom and Teams mm-hmm. and a hybrid model for those that were still at home. And we've worked with the ones that are on campus. And we'll continue to do that this year. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the districts allow our volunteers to come we love to have volunteers okay you can mentor a lejean mm-hmm. you can if you want to do young kids we love reading to kids okay. i mean it can look like lots of different things okay. we love school supply drives and diaper drives and winter coat drives christmas toy drives and of course you can always send a check okay you know <laughs> you can all you can donate oh, on cishouston.org okay we would love that. Okay. So really the gamut between, um, between supporting with, with monies to showing up and mentoring a kid mm-hmm. um, and, or giving supplies, all that right. is all possible in your Absolutely. organization. Fantastic. Okay. We love that. Uh, that's great. And we have, we're all in this together, right? Yeah, right, right. Because I, I really think that as we return to school, as kids return to schools, um, I, I just, I, I watch what my own kids went through, you know? Right. And, um, and not that I'm a model parent, but, you know, we're attending to some things. We yes. have resources to really, right. be, I, I just think about folks um, that have, um, one of the, we were talking about this earlier, but one of the students in, in our Iconoclast program uh, that I know really well, had to get um, a full-time job during pandemic just to be able to to help his parents stay in the apartment that they're right. in. And um, his school was secondary or below that, right, right, in terms of importance of just trying to keep the family above water. Exactly. You know, and this is a 14, 15-year-old kid. And so as we're coming out and he's reengaging with that, mm-hmm. um, um, I just think having uh, folks that could... Um, um, both kind of validate that experience and support him along the way. Is Absolutely. Going to be, uh, I'm so glad y'all are there. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, so, it's honorable work, but it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into this work? Oh, my gosh. Well, 20 some odd years ago, I really was put in a place where I got to help some troubled teenagers. <laughs> and um, you and I had a that's where we met. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's actually where we that. met. And Kevin was a wonderful guy who was um, going down the wrong path, had mm. a car accident due to drug involvement, and was in a coma for a week and, and died. And he was either 17 or 19. I'm not sure. I think Do you he was remember? 19. 19. 
what had happened. And I, I was involved with him at the time, and I, was in, I became very involved, as you did, with his friends. Yeah. So he had a lot of friends who were fabulous guys, but headed <laughs> in a bad direction, yeah. fast. Yeah. Yeah. And we became very involved with them and tried to help them. And Kevin, um, his best friend, was driving the car when they died and or when they had their accident. And he was put in prison. And mm-hmm. we both visited him and, mm. you know, tried to help these kids steer them um, in a better direction. And I just saw my love for that. And I had never um, really... I'd taught school many years before, but I'd never been involved with troubled kids who just needed somebody to love them and care and guide them along the way. And so I went back to grad school late in life and got my um, degree in social work and found communities in schools. That's amazing. And it, 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 it's just fabulous to be able to sit on a campus. It's like an emergency room, Matt. Mm-hmm. You sit there and you don't know who's walking in that door. Yeah. It can be my boyfriend's talking to another girl over there at lunch. I'm about to, <laughs> yeah. you know, take about action. To throw down. Right. <laughs> or it can be, you know, I, I've started drugs and I think it's too much. Yeah. Or it can it can be any I'm pregnant. Yeah. You know, I don't want to tell my mom, will you yeah. tell my mom? Oh. You know, it's it can be it can run the gamut. Yeah. Or it can be, I've been sick for two weeks and I don't know how to catch up. How yeah. do I, you know, can you help me? How do I even begin? Yeah. And meeting with teachers and helping that child figure out how that's going to work. Mm. But that's how I started. And I've just loved it. I miss, now I've been in development now 11 years, hard wow. to believe. And um, I love development. I didn't think I would, but um, I do love it. But I yeah. miss the campus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, talking to you about even some of the stories when you were at Sharpstown mm-hmm. and those kids that just fell in love with you. Oh, and I, I love them. Didn't one of them offer you a car or something? Yeah. Uh, yes. Tell me about that. that. Well, that was actually at Davis. <laughs> okay. So um, I had um, one of my guys that I just loved dearly. I found out he was in the car thief ring that was stealing cars at Edwards Theater. Huh. And so I was try- working with him and trying to steer him in a different direction. And we had lots of visits about that. In fact, I would go to the theater <laughs> on the weekend and put a big sign on my car. This is Donna's car. <laughs> <laughs> and hopes that mine would still be there when I got out. But he overheard me talking one day to my coworker about my car is about to just drop dead. What am I going to do? I need a new car. I can't afford a new car. What am I going to do? And I had no idea there were any students in the room or in my office. And uh, we had four rooms in our big office. And um, so after school, I was sitting at my desk and this guy came in and said, Miss Donna, what kind of cars do you like? And I thought, this is a pretty odd question. And I said, you know, I like all kind of cars. And I, but I was suspicious where this was going. And <laughs> he said, well, what color do you like? What's your favorite color of a car? And all of a sudden, the light went on. <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh. Did you happen to overhear a conversation I had this morning with Miss Michelle? And he said, well, maybe I did. You know, I can get you anything you want. <laughs> and I can have it here tomorrow. You don't have to worry, I mean, Miss Donna. That's just love right there. Absolutely. I mean, so what kind of car did he get you, Donna? He, really, 
<laughs> and, it's and, tempting. And is there still a hookup you're uh, really? connected to? <laughs> no. I'm in that position again. I need another new car now. And I, I don't have that. I lost that hookup. But it just shows they want to give back. Yeah. And it shows you their value system. Yeah. yeah. They don't have the same as we do. Yeah. And you yeah. have to really work on that. Yeah. Yeah. But their value system is that they're going to try to provide for folks that they love. That's right. <laughs> And my local drug dealer that was drugging the, on the corners and making enormous amount of money, um, you know, he felt good about what he was doing because Miss Sally couldn't afford her rent. Yeah. She's got six kids yeah, and yeah. can't afford it. Her yeah. husband left. You know, I'm paying her rent for her. Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm keeping these people yeah. in food for yeah. a month. That's yeah, right. You know, look at the good I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I realized that in some of these under-resourced communities, one of the things that we could really do and provide kids with is a paid internships. Absolutely. Right? And so, and and I think that companies and organizations and small businesses, what I have found that these, um, a lot of the kids that we work with are resourceful and they are smart. Smart. And they are going to work their tails off. Absolutely. And if, if there were internships that would mm -hmm. help them kind of connect the dots and become right. professional and provide them with kind of um, a, a stability of income. Right. Um, it would change the trajectory I mean, of a generation. I used to tell this guy, you are brilliant. Yeah. You are running a business. Yes. You are taking an income and you're dispersing it and you're doing good with it. Well, you know, however, <laughs> however, <laughs> let's, you, let's let you be CEO of a legitimate yes. company and then you won't be afraid every time you hear a siren down the street. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's amazing. We have so many stories, Matt, of Lejeans. Yeah. You know, I have so many kids that I, I love and keep up with and wonder every night, are they being good and yeah. where are they and are they okay? And yeah. I, I think what y'all are doing is in so many ways as I have just watched you and, and you and I met, I think I was two weeks um into being a pastor at Chapelwood when we met, when yes. we were connected through Kevin's story um, and his death. And I have watched you really be someone for kids that have no one, mm. you know, and I've, I've watched you stand in that gap and then not just yourself, but then invite other people, mm -hmm. invite me into that space right. and, and teach me how to be better, uh, more effective with, with those students and, and that population. Well, that's way too much credit, but I no, thank it's you. Not. It's not. But it was. It started as I. I felt so sorry for you, Matt, because Jim Jackson said I cannot stay here with you while this child was dying in the hospital, and you have. I'm sending this awesome, great new preacher you are gonna love. He's got long hair. <laughs> He's got an earring, and you're gonna love him. He was the lamb to the slaughter. And I just felt there. so sorry for you walking in there, brand new, and here's a 19-year-old dying. Yeah. And the family surrounding this, wondering how are we mm. gonna survive this? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you were unbelievable, of course. Well. I, I don't know about that. I, I remember it put me in a faith crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember realizing I wanted all the money back I had spent on seminary <laughs> <laughs> because it had never answered these primary questions right. that were being asked and were right. by myself and by other people. Yeah. But I also realized that at that time that, um, that being able to stand with people um, at really difficult points, at really tragic and 
and I would un, unspeakable trauma, mm-hmm. right? How do you speak of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing to say except mm-hmm. you take hands with each other and you walk through it, right? Right? And, you just love them. And that event changed you and it changed me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think about Kevin's life as we were talking about even before this conversation that it's still, it's still bearing fruit in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think about Kevin and, mm-hmm. and his friends more and it, they've shaped me. They've shaped who I, uh, who I realize, oh, those are the folks that Jesus loved too. That's right. Right? And if, um, if Jesus is found over there, I, I want to kind of get to know those folks. Absolutely. Know? And what I think, um, you know, I loved your sermon series that you've just finished. And it, mm-hmm. it's so perfect because I think that folks like us are not exposed to yeah. children or students or, you know, grownups that are traveling that life. Yes. And yeah. struggling through yeah. that life. Yeah. And it's easy to be judgmental and it's easy to say they aren't my kind and it's yeah. easy to sure. back away because sure. you're fearful. You don't, it's hard to walk into these situations like that. Oh yeah. But there's no yeah. magic wand needed. You just yeah. have to love somebody. Yeah. And Jesus right. helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. He sure does. Thank heaven. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. And one of the things I love about um, what you're doing is that although I may have a difficult time finding connection to that population, we can partner with communities and schools Absolutely. and begin in a slow process to befriend and make um, friends out of those kind of uh, those strangers, right? In ways that um, absolutely help all of us, right? 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 So I think there's going to be more. We do a lot of training around that, Matt. Okay. We don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable That's where they're helpful. headed, and we want everybody to be as well equipped as possible. And and there are rules. Yeah. You know. You don't give them money. No, in case they ask you for a hundred dollars, <laughs> please say no. And you don't receive cars, I guess either. No, huh? that please do not accept their cars. <laughs> but that's but, good to know. That so, mm-hmm. if I, if I was going to volunteer right. and I, I I didn't know anything about this population, I would feel like I'm not equipped. Right. That there's training programs. There's ways of being kind of equipped to engage in a slow way that is. Uh, helpful Absolutely. for me as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. We want you to feel good about it. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, um, Donna, I can't thank you enough for being here it's today. It's been so much fun. You're such a gift. To I'm us. so surprised you talked me into doing it. Well, I'm glad. That <laughs> but it was real fun. You yeah. know, I I'd love being with you. Oh, I love being with you as well. Thanks. And, uh, we thank you for all that you're doing. Um, not just for Chapelwood um, in the way that you kind of help us when we've got issues with with school stuff and with kids, but also the way that you're outward facing and, and really pulling us into lives that um, that we need to be connected. You with. know, Chapelwood is so amazing. When I was with CIS mm. on campuses and HISD, I was so jealous of the Spring Branch schools yeah, yeah. who were getting all this help from Chapelwood. Yeah. And I kept thinking, uh, excuse me, I belong to <laughs> <laughs> I need help in HISD over here. Right. But, um, you know, Chapelwood does so much mm-hmm. that people don't even have a clue. Yeah. I knew that if ever I have an emergency, and I've done it plenty of times, I've called Chapelwood yeah. and said, yeah. this girl's got to have a car. One time I got a car legitimately <laughs> for one of my students, and you know, who was trying to take care of her three younger siblings, and her mm-hmm. parents had died. And, you know, Chapelwood was like, give us a week, you know, and I had it. I mean, Chapelwood is amazing. Yeah. 
that's one of the things I love being about being back in this community mm-hmm. is because people um, will respond to need and to um, connection with other folks in a way right. that's just like it's part of the DNA here. Exactly. Right. right. And I think that's um, it is part of the DNA. Yeah. I mean, I can remember when Jim Jackson first said, I want to support Africa. I'm not going mm-hmm. to stop yeah. supporting missions um, outside of our country. But we need, we've got some folks who need some help in our backyard and we're going to really start concentrating there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just awesome. Yeah. And they've They've done that. Still doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think about um, the way that this church kind of responded in the pandemic to the, the, the sense of food scarcity in people's lives and the way that John has just kind of led us through that in profound ways. Absolutely. I mean, he has just done an astronomically outrageously fabulous job of feeding that many folks who did not have food to eat had families of six kids and did not have food yeah and being able to partner with cis in that and both uh some of the 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 work that um uh, the the mana families right uh, that your mana christmas families are typically cis families yeah and that's the that's a partnership that i've watched this year um with betty ann taylor and suzanne harder and those folks that have just angels yeah they've connected (laughs) up to cis and Mm so that there are there's there were folks all over spring branch who were unable to make rent Mm -hmm. and would have been evicted absolutely um, if it weren't for this church and our partnership with you absolutely and that's a story that often doesn't get um Mm -hmm. as much press um as i think it should because it's it's profoundly impacted um uh, the the lives of families in this community in our zip codes well and i think back at harvey and how john immediately just got on it immediately (laughs) and i remember pictures of him in boats going to pick up people (laughs) and you know i think that then when the pandemic hit much like cis once you've been down that road of helping in disasters you kind of know it's muscle memory right right, yeah here's what we need to put in place you know and we've got lord knows chapwood's got people willing to go yeah and so it's just we have an awesome church yeah it's been a blessing well i'm glad that you're a part of it so me too (laughs) thanks a lot for today thanks matt i appreciate it well i'm matt russell i'm donna watkins and this is pod have mercy (laughs) 